0: Now, as we um, head into the, the Word, um, uh, Maggie Smith has our children's sermon with us, and she does a, a, a great job of, of telling the story that Jesus tells in our passage today. And so, um, as she tells the story, I, I won't read it uh, again, but allude to it as you hear it from her. Let us uh, continue. Um, for all of us, um, hear the Word of God.
1: Good morning. The Bible is a treasure book, and it's filled with stories that are true. It tells about people who lived long ago. You know what? They are folks just like me and just like you. Dear Heavenly Father, we ask that you would open your word to us, that we would hear your voice, and that we would take to heart what you have to say to us. In Jesus' name, amen. We've been studying Matthew 25 for the last few weeks and during this part of scripture Jesus is preparing his disciples for his going away and telling them he's going to come back and he's telling them what they need to do to be ready for that. Today's passage is Matthew 25 starting in verse 14 and going through verse 30 and it's a parable or a story and Jesus is Is using it to tell them about what they should do in this parable the Lord is getting ready to go away for a very long time and he is getting his servants ready for that too to tell them what they're to do while he's gone and the Lord is like Jesus and the servants are like me and like you so he has all this money and He's got it in great big bags. And so he brings in these bags, and each one of them weighs a whole lot. And he wants to give it to them. And, you know, I think he used money because we understand that money is important. But then I got to think, what treasure would Jesus think is important? What does the money symbolize? And I thought, I know, it symbolizes the words of truth and life that are in his word he came the living word so that we would be able to know god and be able to come to him he came to give his life to pay for the wrong things that we've done so that we would be right with god and be able to live with him forever in heaven that is the treasure that the lord is giving his servants and that's the treasure that jesus gives you and me to work with while he's gone. So, back to our story. So, the Lord met with three of his servants. Each servant, he gave a different amount because each one had different abilities. The first servant got five huge bags. That's like winning the big-time lottery. The second servant got two. And that's still winning the lottery. I mean, he was it was a lot of money to work with. And the third one got one bag full, which is more than a person could possibly earn in a lifetime. So, it was a lot, a lot of money. And... It was valuable treasure. The Bible says that it's worth, that God's word is more precious than the best gold. So what did these servants do? Well, the first servant, he knew his master. He knew that he's good. And he knew that this treasure was entrusted to him. It was a big responsibility. So you know what he did? He went right out. And I mean, he probably had to have help to drag it with him, but he got right to work. He started to invest that money and he made it grow. It went from five bags to 10 bags full. And he did it for his Lord, knowing that his Lord was good and he loved his Lord. The second servant got two bags. And you know what? He did the same thing. He knew his Lord was good. He knew this was a great job, and he took it, and he did his best every day. Well, now, the third servant received a bag. I don't know if he was jealous that the others received more, but this guy, he did not know that his Lord was good. In fact, he didn't even like him. And he thought to himself, I don't want to make his money grow. And so he went out and buried it in the dirt, covered it up, and left it long time passed. And the Lord came back and it was a great day. And the Lord wanted to spend time with each one of his servants one-on-one so that they could share all about what had been happening. So he met one-on-one with both servant number one and servant number two. And each of them came and they were able to tell their Lord, oh Lord, you gave me so much treasure. I took it out, invested and it doubled. Can you believe it? It doubled. Here it is. I'm so... I'm pleased to give it to you. And, you know, they were happy. But the Lord was even happier. He said, well done. Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a little. I am going to make you responsible for a lot. He was going to give them a promotion. Isn't that great? He said, come on. We're having a celebration. Enter in and it will last forever. We are in business together. This is great. Well, the third servant came for his appointment. Well, he did not think that the Lord was good, and he told him so. He says, you aren't good. You don't deserve for me to do this. I'm not going to make money for you. I went and buried it in the dirt. Here, you can have it back. Well, the Lord did not say, well done. He looked at the servant and said, you're fired and you have to go. You have to go and not be part of me or any, you can't be part of the celebration. Goodbye. I'm sorry. Isn't that sad? I thought it was very sad. So now let's think about you and me, because that's who this is written for. What will you and what will I do with this treasure? that God has entrusted us, that Jesus has entrusted us with. Will we go out daily and share it with others? This is the cool thing. When we take this treasure of Jesus in our hearts and the truth of the gospel, we take it out, we invest it in people and we share it. The more we share, the more it grows. It keeps growing and growing and growing. And just think how wonderful it would be if we faithfully share it with others. Every day of our lives, when Jesus comes back, oh, I don't know about you, but I want him to say, well done, good and faithful servant. Don't you? Wouldn't that be great? Enter into the joy. And I would love it if we could work together to do that, support each other, go out and share and bring people in. We can all help love on him and share Jesus. Oh, let's pray. Oh, dear Lord, please help us to take this treasure you've entrusted us with. Help us to share it with others freely, fearlessly, lovingly. And Lord, would you make it grow? Because you're the one that can. We ask that you would make it grow and grow. We want to hear you say, well done, when you come back. Oh, and we want others to know you and hear it too. In Jesus' name, amen. Ah. Amen.
0: What a a great word. Uh, You'd never know. She spent I don't know how many decades uh, sharing the good news of Jesus uh, with with children um, uh, here. So thank you, Maggie, for for sharing that and that that story of Jesus that that talks about how valuable every one of our lives um, uh, uh, how valuable they are um, and how they're really a gift from God. And I think sometimes we forget that. You know, sometimes we, we think that our lives are just toys we play with. You ever had that happen in your own life that you, you have a possession that you think you, you you have no idea that it's as valuable as it is and, and you you find out sometime later that what you were just playing with actually had, had tremendous value. Um, I remember uh, once my my brother Preston and I, we were looking for a baseball to, to toss. This is back in Little League days which is long, long time ago now. Um, but uh, when we f- we couldn't find a baseball. And so we go into Dad's room and we find one that we can play with. It's got some writing on it and stuff, but, you know, we don't care because we had balls with writing on it. You know, at the end of every year, your whole team would sign a baseball for everybody and everybody would get one, and um, uh, you still played with those. So we're heading outside. We're tossing it once or twice, and then Dad comes out and says, So what... Uh, what baseball are y'all playing with? And he goes, this one right here. We got it out of out of your room. Thanks. And, and toss, and he goes, let me see that ball. And when he does, he sees that the ball um, has uh, some writing on it um, that are signatures from the major league baseball players that he got when he came to actually visit Cincinnati. Because two of the people on there, which figured maybe interest some of you, were Johnny Bench and Pete Rose, and there are signatures on there, and then two others. And so he said, "No, this is not what you do with this kind of ball. You do not play with this one. This is one that we—it's it's memorabilia that we look at and appreciate and in, enjoy. We don't do play that way with this ball. And and so I, I think sometimes we're, we feel that way with our lives." that we forget just how valuable and important our lives are, that they are gifts from God given to us so that we can participate in the very work of God in the world today. I mean, Jesus tells this story at the end of his life, just before he's about to die, because he wants us to know that our lives are essential for doing God's work on earth. They are of great value and importance. And just the opposite of a Johnny Bench-signed baseball that you put in a, um, uh, in a cabinet somewhere, our lives are signed by Jesus and are sent into the game and are absolutely essential and necessary for the work of God's kingdom. And, and we see that, you know, the, the, Jesus tells a story, as Maggie described, of, of a master with three servants. And the first two servants, I want to look at those uh, first because their, their story is pretty similar. You know, that uh, the master gives them these great gifts uh, that then they're they're to use, um, they're to work for the, the master. And what we see here is there there's participation, an invitation for their participation. Then there's Multiplication. And then there's celebration. And and, and in both cases, we see this. So first, the the, the participation that happens. The the invitation to participation. That each one are given gifts. Now, they're given different gifts. So we don't don't all get the same. We get different things. One five, one two, one one. And that's according to the master's wisdom. According to how the master wants to to set things up. Um, But then, you notice with the first the the servant that gets five things he as maggie mentioned immediately takes his stuff and goes and invests it or as the what the the the, the word that, that's used for that word invest or trade in the is work he takes the five talents and he works them he he goes and works them in the world in which he lives um, in order to to do what the master has called him and to do and the same thing with the one who's given two. They they both go and they participate now. They accept the invitation and they work the gifts that they've been given. And I think it's always valuable to look at it to stop and reflect on our own lives and to think, do you realize your life has that much value? That your, your life, if you've, you've been given the gift of life, you've been given the gift of Jesus, the gift of, of, of God's word, as Maggie was saying. It is valuable, so valued that you are necessary, an essential part of carrying out God's work. All right? And so as they participate in that work, then we see from participation to Multiplication. They take the talents, they work them, and they multiply. They use God's gifts for God's purposes, and God causes the growth. God causes the the multiplication. Um, And and we can see a variety of ways that that might be the case in our lives. Um, First, personally, in our own life. If we're working the gifts that God gives we're working His Word, we're, we're working our own lives, our own bodies, our own minds, all that we are, if, if we're working that in our life, then He will multiply Christ-likeness in you and me. He, he will uh, bear the fruit of the Spirit, Paul says in Galatians 5. In, in a way, He will cause us, He will multiply in us the capacity to fulfill the great commandment that Jesus gives us. To love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. Or if you think about the fruit of the Spirit that Paul talks about in Galatians 5. He says fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. And so if we are receiving what God has given us and we're working those gifts, then in our lives we will see change we will see transformation by the multiplying power of the Holy Spirit who lives in us. We, You will see us become more loving, more patient, more kindness. That, that will happen in us if we're working the gifts that God has given us. It doesn't just happen, poof. It happens because we work the gifts that God it's given to us. And and that's why we have worship services. We don't just have worship services to come and just be together. It's, it's the same reason we have small group things like Woven or the Bible study on Tuesday morning or Ignite on Monday night, men's ministry or, or growth groups that will be starting in the middle of October. or Hope groups that we've we've had this this summer, um, uh, the uh, and band of brothers on Thursday morning. Those are not just to come together and study the Bible. They're to come together and why we're here. We're we're not just coming together to hear the Bible. We're coming together because we want, we recognize all that we have is a gift from God to be used for God's purposes. And we want to grow. We want it to multiply in our lives so that we obey Jesus together. So fulfilling the great commandment in in our own lives, it will make those changes in us as we work it. Another is as as a church, we want to work the gifts that he gives us, the gift of the gospel, the gifts of all the things that God has given us in this particular church. And we we want to invite others to come join us. We want to grow in that we want to multiply in that way. We want to do the, the work of evangelism or the 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 great commission often called where Jesus says, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son and Holy Spirit. As a, that's why we do things like Alpha, which is in your bulletin. You'll hear more about that. How we want to invite others. A great opportunity to, and many of you have been through Alpha and you, you know how it connects with people who may be um, seeking or maybe skeptical or just wondering about what it means to follow Jesus. Um that's a great avenue of working the gifts that God has given us in order to multiply. So that others will hear about Jesus and come and follow him. Even in ministries like Jesus University that you think, well, that's where the the kids come and they they dance and worship and those kind of things. Even that ministry is evangelistic. We had just a couple weeks ago, we had two members of Jesus University come and get baptized because through Jesus University, the gifts were worked and the good news of Jesus was proclaimed and they wanted to follow Jesus. So there's the great commandment, the great commission, and then, uh, in in another way, there's the great requirement. Maybe you're familiar with Micah 6.8, one of the um, passages in the Old Testament, the prophet Micah, who says, what does God require of you? What does God require? To do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with God. Uh, So what God is saying, just in the whole world... Anything that you do that is pursuing justice, that is pursuing kindness and and humility for God, that is part of fulfilling this work of the kingdom. Um, Jesus said it this way about uh, about God. This is earlier on in the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew chapter 5. He he, he said God loves everybody. He wants everybody to flourish. He said he, He causes the sun to shine on the good and the bad. He, he, he causes the rain to fall on the righteous and the unrighteous. God's provision, His common grace is for all. And He wants all to flourish. And so if we, as His people, are doing the same thing God's doing, which is call, leading for the, the flourishing, the prosperity of our community, of our city, of our world, anything that we do along those lines is in alignment with the great requirement of God. So as we're working the gifts that God has given us, a variety of ways. And not everybody does all of these at the same time. Because remember, we have a different amount of gifts, different abilities, uh, different focus that the Spirit gives to us. But so that we, we see ways that it multiplies as we work the gifts of God. In fulfilling the great commandment, the great commission, and the great requirement. And we see that as a church also in fulfilling that great requirement. Um, and in ministries that we participate in, similar to Interfaith Hospitality Network, uh, where we come alongside families who find themselves in homelessness for a season. And we say, that that's not flourishing. That, and we know God d- desires to provide for families a safe place to live. So when we're doing that, we're participating in pursuing the justice Of God, as also as a a church, and we um, participate, and we come alongside schools like Pleasant Hill Academy. We we know God wants children to flourish and to learn, and to grow. And so, as we come alongside with them, that's part of doing the the justice and the kindness and the humility. Of God in our world, or even an organization like Mosaic Sensi, where we partner with other churches in the city and actually even in the country, who are committed, committed to to racial justice, and they're committed to making Sunday morning no longer the most segregated hour in our land. And they're churches that are intentionally committed to being multiracial and multicultural, unified in Jesus together. So part of that is, is doing the requirement of God because we want the church to look more and more like heaven. And so we participate in that. So a variety of ways, personally, as a church, and even in our world, that God causes the work that we do with the gifts that God has given to multiply in His power. And then finally, you see the celebration. The the celebration when those two servants get with the master. And he he affirms them, celebrates. Great job. Job well done. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Now, what you've been faithful with a little bit, now let me give you a whole lot more. So even more opportunity to participate and multiply in the work of the kingdom for all of eternity. And he, the last words now: enter into the joy of the Master. Enter into the joy of your Creator. Enter into the joy of the one who has given you all that you have, as you have participated in the work of the Creator and the Giver, according to God's plan and kingdom. That leads to joy. Now, I want to look as well at the the negative example of the the servant that had one. We can learn from him as well. Because what happens with him is he refuses to participate. He really refuses to accept the invitation. You know, he, he takes the one talent, but then he just goes and buries it. Now, the master tells him, you're wicked and slothful. You're wicked, you're lazy. And, and I think what, what he's saying about his wickedness is that that servant had no real interest in the master. Could care less. Uh, what he did with the master's stuff. He knew what he was given belonged to the master, but he had no interest in working for the master. He was like, all right, let me do whatever will keep, get me out of trouble, keep me from getting in trouble, so the, I'll just go the easy, safe route. I'll bury it, stick it there, and then go do what I want to do. Go live my life the way I want to live it, neglecting to recognize that even his very life is a gift from God. You know, he really didn't care about the master, just didn't want to get punished. And, and uh, I think that's a, a great uh, illustration for us, or a great reminder to, to warn us from losing our sense of being God's workers, of participating even today in the internal impact of God's plan, of God's kingdom. And forgetting that the church is to be that kind of community where we help, encourage, support one another. To obey Jesus in every way of our life. Because He's the owner, the creator, the giver of every area of our life. And and we want to join, ultimately, in the Master's joy. But it's so easy to fall into that trap of just playing it safe, doing our thing, and really not recognizing our lives, our gifts, our talents, our gifts from God. I was with some pastors the other day um, on a Zoom call, and one of the pastors had just uh, got his book published called Kingdom Awakening. And, and he was saying that in his study, as he reflected on it, he goes, sometimes in the American church, we reduce the work of the kingdom to little checkoff boxes. Cause we, we can reduce the work of the kingdom to just getting people to pray the sinner's prayer and then be a nice church member. Now, that's not bad. But that's woefully incomplete to what God has gifted us for, to the, to the purposes that God has given us, to the opportunity that we have to participate in the eternal plan of God. That's woefully incomplete. And the, the master's response to this, this servant who just had one thing makes that clear. I mean, the master ultimately will hold us accountable. Just like last week and these, this, these parables, these last set of parables, Jesus makes it clear there is a day of judgment. There is a day of accountability and there are eternal consequences. And what we see with this particular individual is even though God gave him the gifts, he never received them. I mean, nobody who believes in Jesus does nothing with it. God's plan is to give us Jesus, to to give us the fullness of his spirit, to give us his word and and to have impact on every area of our lives. And I know that I'm not there. And those of you that I know, you're not there either. But that's because there's always room to grow. There's always room to, to work the gifts that God has given us in different ways. I mean, look at the response that the master gives to this one who buries the gift. He he, he tells him, you know, you you could have at least done something with it. You could have done something with this gift to work it. You didn't do anything. You squandered it. You wasted it. I imagine maybe in those days they have the same situation, the same interest rates we have today. He said, you know, you could have at least taken it to the bank and gotten your .01%. And at least then it would have worked somewhat for the master. But you didn't care about the master. You just cared about yourself. So you buried it. Squandered it. And wasted it. Now, don't get me wrong. Salvation is a gift to be received. Salvation is by grace through faith. The Apostle Paul tells us. It is a gift from God. Not something you've deserved or earned. Salvation is also not just a Johnny Bench kind of baseball. It's a life signed by Jesus that's to go into the game. And for this servant, he never really received it. And accountability of God then leads to his separation and destruction. And what we see in these parables regularly is he gets what he wants. He really wants nothing to do with God and God's gifts. So he buries them, separates himself from them, doesn't work them at all, goes and works his own thing. And that's what he gets. Then a separation from his very creator, the one who is life, the one who is love. The the, the whole of this parable uh, wants to, to regain the sense of the value of our lives. How absolutely essential our lives are in the kingdom to per, the opportunity we have to participate in the work of the kingdom and then for God and the power of his spirit to multiply that effort in ways we would never imagine. So that then we can celebrate now and then the work of the kingdom of God in us and through us for God's glory today in real time, in real space. Now, a couple of thoughts, just a couple of things to reflect on as, as we consider this parable. Have you lost the sense of the giftedness of life? Have you lost the sense that, that the very fact you're here, heart beating, brainwaves going, Your your lungs are breathing. Uh, Have have you do you have have you lost that sense that an excitement of the gift of God for God's purposes? You know, back to the little league theme. I remember as a kid, you know, playing little league. You know, and it was game day. The only thing on my mind was game. You know, I don't care what test I had in school or what was going on. It was game day. First thing I wanted, where's the mitt? Next thing I did, is it pretty outside or is it going to rain out the game? That was the only, and at school, I wasn't interested in what was going on in the class. I was looking out the window. Is it raining outside or is the game going to be played? How much more so for each of us who are in Jesus Christ today to know it's game day every day, whether it rains or not? And we have the privilege of participating in that which is eternal. That which can't be taken away. You're never going to lose this investment. I don't care what the stock market does. Have we lost that sense of engagement in the kingdom of God today? Now now maybe you realize that as you think about this. That maybe it's part of your life you know is buried. There's a part of your life that you're keeping apart from God because the fools that we are, we think we know what makes us happy and not our Creator. We think we know what is best. It could be a relationship that, that you're in. that you're, you're just keeping that for yourself could be the workplace, stuff going on at work, you're just doing that for yourself, you you could be how you view money or time some part of your life that you're separating from God. And I think our parable today would say that's foolish. Cuz it's going to end up going nowhere. It's going to end up being destroyed. And if the Lord's bringing that to your mind right now, it's good. It's good that you're here to bring that to your to bring it to the Lord. Say, okay. I want to give that over to you or, or it may just be, I don't want to give that over to you. I want to want to, though. You might know in your head, uh, it makes sense, man. I'm a fool to try doing it on my own and not with God, whatever that area of your life is. But so it may just be you need to ask God, just give, give me the want to want to do that. You got to start somewhere. Or maybe maybe what, what's going on with you is you've you've bought into the lie of the devil. You've been overwhelmed by the fear of this world, and you've you think your life is worthless. You think you don't have anything really to contribute. That is a lie from the devil himself, and the devil he is a liar. God is the one that has gifted you according to God's wisdom, and you have exactly what you need to fulfill what God has for you in the eternal scheme of things. To, to be his servant who does things well and faithfully. You have everything that you need to work it and let him cause it to multiply. And, and maybe at the end here you're still like, I still don't know what to do. Well, at least tell God that. I, I, I want to give it to you. I don't even know what to do. Well, remember what the master told the servant with the one um, uh, talent uh, that had buried everything. He said, you at least could have given it to the bank for the 0.01% interest. I mean, he, he's like, at least take some step. At least do something. That, that's all that God's saying. Through the, I mean, take some step today. You could have at least let it work to me in that minimal of a way. Start somewhere. And maybe for some of you, that's the challenge for this week. What's the one thing the Lord has put on your mind to take a step, just one, one step, in recognizing the gifts that He has given you, working Those gifts so that He multiplies it that leads to celebration. The work of the kingdom in and through us. Whatever it might be. Maybe it's participating in one of the ministries I've mentioned. Maybe it's some other element. What's the one thing? Because remember, every day, every day is game day. You've been given the gifts that you need I've been given the gifts that I need to participate in the work of the kingdom that God will cause to multiply for His glory and honor and for the celebration of all who are on the team. As we live for the day when we get to hear from our Master the Giver of all that we have the Creator of all of life well done good and faithful servant. Amen.